Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. Today, we are continuing Sci-Fi Month by ranking the Planet of the Apes movies. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Duel of the Takes. Today, we are doing something that is long anticipated, actually, um, celebrating the month of science fiction once again. Last week, we did Star Wars characters. Today, as a uh, throwback to our sci-fi bracket, where Jory first told Josh that he should really see the Matt Reeves Planet of the Apes trilogy, um, here it is, a year later, a little, little bit over a year later, we are ranking all of the Planet of the Apes movies. Josh, did you see the new planet of the apes trilogy yep i got some takes okay sweet well now that we've all seen all of these movies i'm excited to uh i'm excited to rank the nine planet of the apes movies there's like the five from the uh the original ones i guess you could say there's the original movie it's four sequels that came out in the 70s and then a uh a remake by tim burton and then the uh the trilogy uh that's relatively recent. I think this should should be pretty fun. Should be pretty interesting. There's eight of them, right? There's there's nine movies, yes. Which one am I missing? There's the original Planet of the Apes. There's the Battle for the Planet of the Apes. There's Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Beneath the Planet of the Apes and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Then there's the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes remake. Then there's Rise, Dawn, and War of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Did you get them all? yeah (laughs) okay apparently the planet of the apes movies are like pokemon you gotta catch them all i think it's a really weird movie series when you think about it i mean it was like one science fiction movie that did pretty well for its time and then they were like yeah let's make like five more of these like it's like the original movie franchise when you think about it it's crazy that a new one came out every year like two years after the original like 70 71 72 73 all had either sequels or prequels to the original. Yeah, it's very odd. Very, very odd. You could say, without this, we wouldn't have the MCU when it comes to franchises coming out with movies every year, so take that for what you want. <laughs> I uh, I think we're, we're just going to do this. All four of us have a veto. Yeah, those can probably be used up into the top three, I think, since there's only nine movies here. Josh, what do you think the worst Planet of the Apes movie is? <laughs> All right, so I'm going first. Yeah, what do you think the worst Planet of the Apes movie is? I think the worst one is Beneath the Planet of the Apes. That is my number nine. Okay. Not only I think it's the worst Planet of the Apes movie, I think it's one of the worst sequels. I like. I, I've said it on this podcast before how much I love the original film, and Beneath the Planet of the Apes is just so weird, so weird. You have like most of like the original cast like coming back, but then like. They go, like, underground, and, like, there's this, like, uh, they find more humans, and it's one of the weirdest endings I've ever seen to a movie in general. Um, <laughs> it's it's just a weird movie, and, like, I I just think it's, I just think it's the worst just out of pure, like, I, you, I think there's a case for two other movies here at this place, but when it came to me, like, deciding beneath was just felt like the one that I'll never want to watch again. Yeah, it's so fucking weird because Charles Charlton Heston reprises his role. He shows up for the first five minutes of the movie, 
And then the main character is just some other dude that looks just like him. Like, they gotta look alike to play the main character of the movie, who looks like a slightly younger Heston. The first time I saw this movie was, like, scrolling through, like, HBO, and I, like, turned on the movie, like, halfway through, and for, like, some of the movie, I thought Charlton Heston was the other guy. Yeah, it's very, very odd, and I, I think it's a little repetitive for, like, what it is. It feels very derivative of the first movie, but they they're like, oh, we've got to get we've got to like reveal more information going off of what like the audience learns at the end of the next movie, and then it's just they're all underground worshiping a bomb. Hello, <laughs> it's so weird. I think the problem with uh, some of these lower tier Planet of the Apes movies is that they wanted to try to one up the originals ending because of how iconic it became, but like just don't do that. <laughs> Like, just try to make a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the weakest one. I have Beneath the Planet of the Apes at number nine as well. Mm-hmm. I also do. I have it at number eight, but yeah. Like, the makeup still looks good. Yeah, it definitely doesn't look like it was one of those, like, sequels that was, like, cheaply rushed out. Like, it has about the same production value as the first Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah. You know, I think some of these other sequels look a little bit cheaper, but they, they commit to it in this. They really try. And the, the group of humans, they find look really weird and scary all the bald ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's weird there's probably some people who like really like this movie but i think they're actual boomers probably well i guess at number nine we've got beneath the planet of the apes uh jory to you with number eight my number eight was beneath the planet of the apes but my number nine is a uh, battle for the planet of the apes Ooh, good pick good pick this is my number eight as well yeah it was a toss-up between those two for my bottom two spots i just went with one but yeah the fifth and final episode of these planet of the apes movies i feel like they really jumped the shark on this one yeah it was surprising that it didn't happen sooner but yeah i think the uh specifically the the costumes look really cheap in this one in fact they have like good monkey makeup which is like leftover stuff from like the original but like during the big battle sequence there's just like some like halloween store monkey masks that like literally half the apes are running around in you're like what the fuck am i watching it's definitely the cheapest of the five original ones I have it at my number six, but it's all ironic. I could see that. I think there is definitely some, like, in terms of, like, just being, like, a shitty kind of budget movie, I think there's definitely more fun to have in this one than, say, like, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, or uh, I'd even say Escape from the Planet of the Apes as well. But in terms of, like, actually being, like, a good movie, I think it's all very surface level, which is weird, because, like, they kept trying to one-up themselves in terms of, like, the commentary and things like that, but beyond like the the slavery comparison there's really not much here and i think conquest of the planet of the apes set this up to be a pretty good finale and it really just it didn't work fumbles the bag yes very much so it also leaves on kind of like an ambiguous ending for the series which is interesting too it's gonna take two reboots to fix this <laughs> but yeah unless josh wants to make a case for like putting it higher for the ironic value i think sounds like everybody's kind of okay with this being here yeah like i could but no i don't think i will no i don't think i will i don't i just i yeah i don't ironically like the movie much enough to use my uh veto because i do think it belongs not in the top five the, my favorite thing about the movie is roddy mcdowell's portrayal of caesar uh, i think like 
there's a I think there's a strong reason why this remake trilogy wanted to focus on that character, and he's definitely a standout of all the ape characters from the movies. I just think he's way better in Conquest than he is in this movie. Like they don't have him as much to do, and he's not as much of a leader so much as he is just like the main person provoking all the action. Number eight, Battle of the Planet, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Excuse me, Battlestar Galactica, Battle Planet of the Apes. Can we just talk about how poorly named all of these movies are? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Beyond the first one, they're all horribly named. I feel like low-key, including the first one, Planet of the Apes is such a B-movie name. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Part of what surprised me the first time I saw it, it was like, it was kind of like what it was for RoboCop. I was like, there's no way a movie with this title is going to be good. That's a good point. And then it surprised me. I was wrong. I think I like RoboCop more than all of these movies, but I agree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Me too. Alden, what what do you have at number seven here? <clears throat> My number seven is the 2001 remake. I uh, I agree. It's only one off for me, but that's mostly because of ironic enjoyment. I feel like this is the most ironically enjoyable out of all of them. I can see it. I agree. But yeah. I'm fine with it going here. It's only one up on my spot. I think the only thing about it that's, like, actually disappointing to me, because, like, I like that they're like, oh, let's just remake Planet of the Apes, but make it, like, an action movie of the time. The most disappointing thing about it to me is, like, the fact that Tim Burton's name's attached to it. Like, this feels more like a Michael Bay movie than it does a Tim Burton movie. And, like, the production design, like, the costumes, the makeup, I think it's very, very good. Um, I really like the way most of the the apes look in this remake. Um, the story's just all over the place. It's it's really bad. You know what this movie reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, David Lynch's Dune. Yes, yes, I agree. Where it's like a really talented director signing himself off to do this like sci-fi project that just gets completely jumbled up and misunderstood and like ruined by the studio. Although I'm not sure how true that is of the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, but like I think they're like cut from the same cloth. I think uh I like Tim Roth as like the evil evil monkey dude he's pretty good in this yeah the cast is great in this movie the cast is awesome um i didn't know that charlton heston was in this movie too also pretty based yeah i did not know that either he plays uh zarius he has like a cameo pretty much he's he's one of the apes i was talking about this off the podcast but i want to bring up the uh feud that tim burton and kevin smith had after this movie came out where i guess in like a a comic that kevin smith did or something he uh had like uh abraham lincoln and uh he made a joke to somebody that um that tim burton stole his idea well the guy he joked about it with like uh was like a journalist and stuff and he put it out and made it look like kevin smith was serious and he was going to file a lawsuit tim burton who usually like ignores that kind of stuff goes off on kevin smith where i guess like they called him if they wanted a response and then like he called back and was like you all should know that i don't read comic book movies and kevin smith's like yeah that explains batman (laughs) he's like uh 
you know, I just don't believe in, like, Kevin Smith's, like, let's get the band back together for all of his movies, which is interesting, because Tim Burton started doing that right after Planet of the Apes. Do you think that Tim Burton got so pissed because he actually did steal it from the comic? <laughs> I highly doubt it. Tim Burton's low-key a big Kevin Smith stand. From what I hear about, like, this movie kind of in hindsight is, like, there was a lot of studio involvement. Like, Tim Burton didn't really want it to be this way, um, but apparently that ending was a hundred percent tim burton's idea not the studio so maybe it's better that the studio got involved on this because maybe they should have been involved more yeah it's interesting because it's like the original ending like is is more or less like the apes um like glossing over human history and then in tim burton's i guess it's saying that apes rewrote human history it's <laughs> Yeah, it's the best example that I can think of of like a remake completely misunderstanding like what works and the intentions of the original because like in the in the original like Charlton Heston he's walking on the beach and he sees the Statue of Liberty buried in sand and like the big reveal is that the Planet of the Apes was Earth all along but in this one Mark Wahlberg is on a different planet the entire movie and goes back to Earth and now there are apes and apparently history has been rewritten just inexplicably. Yeah, it's very, very odd. I mean, I like Mark Wahlberg probably more than most people. Not quite as much as Josh, but <laughs> I mean, he's no Charlton Heston. Like, I think that's the one part of this cast that they just totally fuck up. He reminds me of the dude from Tron Legacy. Who plays the main character it's like yeah there was a guy there <laughs> i couldn't tell you much more about him it's <laughs> <laughs> fair if wasn't it like a year after like marky mark like what's the time frame between this and good vibrations this is like five years after good good vibrations maybe six years i didn't think it was that big of a gap <laughs> and uh this is like three years after boogie nights yeah I think Boogie Nights was 97. Yeah, when did this movie come out? Like 2002 or something? This is 2001. Yeah, and Boogie Nights was 97. So yeah, I mean, he, he had already proven himself to be a pretty damn good actor at this point. I just don't think he was a focus point for, for Tim Burton. I think Tim Burton was a little more focused on, I guess, maybe the art department, maybe? Who, who knows? This is, movie's an enigma. Paul Giamatti Ape should elevate this five spaces. <laughs> it's how it got to seven for me, personally. <laughs> yeah, it got to seven for me, too. Like, no cap, Paul Giamatti gives a really good performance in this movie. <laughs> Him and uh, Michael Clark Duncan ape. Like I said, Tim Tim Roth ape, Chris Christopherson ape. Yeah, the cast is just, like, stacked in this movie. Helena Bonham Carter ape, kind of hot, not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> True. Why wasn't Johnny Depp in this movie? <laughs> he read the script and he was like, listen, Tim, I'm your boy, but no. Was he supposed to play Mark Wahlberg's character? Yeah, I gotta do Sleepy Hollow instead. Good choice. I mean, yeah, a good choice. Well, it's time to move on to number six. Um, it's my turn to nominate a movie. I don't know how this is going to go over. I know some people probably like this movie a bit more than me. I have escaped from the Planet of the Apes here at uh, at number six. Okay. I uh, I think that this is one of the most unique out of like the 70s Planet of the Apes movies. I think it's probably the second best script besides the first one, of course, the original. I think this is kind of all over the place, but I like that it subverts what Planet of the Apes is on its head a little bit and it brings apes to then modern time like united states uh it's kind of cool i just don't think that it works all that well like it's got a good idea it's just not very well executed and yeah i, I think it's a little disjointed because like the first 
act is like this fish out of water story where these apes are on a planet of humans and then it's like actually taking it seriously when like the little baby gets born and then it's like a full-on action movie in the third act and it's like this feels like three movies in one and only one of them's working i'm gonna veto okay another hot take i guess incoming i'm gonna put rise of the planet of the apes here this is exactly what i expected to happen (laughs) (laughs) And it really is a toss-up between both of these, because I feel pretty similar about them. I don't like this movie at all. (laughs) And um, Escape from Planet of the Apes might be a little bit ironic for me when it comes to my love for this movie. Um, I don't think it's the second best Planet of the Apes movie, but it's my second favorite. Um, I think this movie is nuts, but I kind of love it. Um, I like that it like changes genres every act. I I've never seen like a sci-fi movie like this. And when it comes to Rise of the Planet of the Apes, it was the most stereotypical like um, way to do this origin of Caesar. You, it's oh the evil corporation just wants to make money doing experiments. Um, and then uh, Caesar, like, starts this, like, revolution after uh, Draco Malfoy bullies him. And uh, it's this movie, like, just didn't work at all for me. I think it totally missed the mark when it comes to what a Planet of the Apes movie should be. Thankfully, I think as this trilogy went on, it kind of got its footing. And uh, we got, we got like, good stuff out of it. But I think this was a really weird start to it and just... It just really didn't work for me. Um, I think the climax on the on the bridge is really cool. I'm I'm sure that's the sequence like everybody talks about. But any like interesting themes or any depth that I get from the Planet of the Apes franchise, none of it is there. It's all surface level, and it's the most like Hollywood remake movie. Like say what you want about Tim Burton trying to remake, but at least I guess he tried to like have like a theme at the end, even though it totally missed the mark. Rise was just like, let's just make action sci fi movie with. Uh, with a really like re- with a really plain script, and uh, I'm glad Matt Reeves came in and saved this trilogy. I think um, I think like you're kind of right in terms of um, it feels like a safer reboot. Like say what you want about the Tim Burton one, but like that feels like the other five Planet of the Apes movies. This kind of feels like they're just doing the origin story for what would set up all of those previous planet of the apes movies as well as this trilogy and i I think i kind of agree that it it's like a lot of surface level stuff i think they set up that character caesar very very strong like you understand his motivations you understand that he learns like a lot over the course of this movie and like by the end of it you're siding with ape who wants to you know retaliate i think the the golden gate bridge sequence is the first out of very many good action set pieces in this trilogy Mm -hmm. the reason why i think it's better specifically blow for blow for than escape of the planet of yeah escape of the planet of the apes or whatever is like there's stuff in it that gets continued right after escape from the planet of the apes you go into conquest of the planet of the apes and pretty much nothing really like carries into it um they pretty much start caesar up in the conquest of the planet of the apes and ignore what was going on in the time travel shit going on in escape from the planet of the apes. But when it comes to like the way they use time travel and sci-fi, I think the original is a lot cooler that the apes went back in time and then Caesar was born. Then just like, Oh, uh, evil corporation made the serum that turned into a pandemic, which really was really weird watching 
now. <laughs> yeah, but I like how the corporation is, yes, funding this, but then you have the human characters and, like, the motivation behind why they're doing this, like, why James Franco, who is the worst part of this movie. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> like, why he's building the serum is to help John Lithgow, his dad, like, not die of Alzheimer's and, you know, keep his cognitive ability there. I think one of the strongest things about this movie is Caesar's relationship with that character. Like, you immediately feel that bond and that connection between the two of them like when he's watching james franco like yell at him and get all pissy he's like like caesar's pissed he's like yo why are you being mean to the old man like i buy all that shit i really like that 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 element of the movie i think something else that i appreciate about this movie too because like when i saw it for the first time i was like that was good it was a nice surprise i didn't expect it to be good at all but then like as the sequels continued and returning to this movie i really appreciate all of the stuff that they managed to set up like as subtly as they did because, like, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, that one, the mean ape, Coda, I think his name was, or something. Yeah. He's set up in this movie, and I almost completely forgot about it. Like, going back to it, I was like, wait a second. I don't know. It's just a bunch of little stuff that makes this trilogy feel so cohesive, and it begins with the first movie. I'm not trying to elevate it too much higher, but I do think that I like it a little bit more than Escape. Yeah. I like Rise, but not a lot yeah. it's not a movie i really want to go and rewatch again but there are plenty of elements inside of it that i think are actually good i don't care if it gets placed here but i would like to see it maybe a spot or two higher well do we want to put it to a vote here then um sure i think that escape should go here at six i also think escape should go here at six i'm fine with escape going here all right escape from the place of number six escape from the ape ape escape if you will planet of the apes is just a series about which preposition we can put behind the first name of the title <laughs> we got of we got from we got of twice four wow i think with the sequel trilogy or like the remake trilogy they should have just kept the title of each one into the next one so it should have been rise of the planet of the apes and then dawn of the rise of the planet of the apes and then war of the dawn of the rise of the planet of the apes <laughs> 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 i think that's really what they should have done so that way people like me didn't mix it up with rise and dawn because yeah rise and dawn are way too similar <laughs> they kind of did that in the beginning of the third movie <laughs> rise of the dawn beneath the conquest of the battle for the escape from the planet of the apes sweet so i nominated that at number six that means it's back to you jory with what do you think belongs at number five she let's see what do i got here we placed the timber and planted the apes right yeah that was number seven my next closest wait a second how do we feel about conquest of the planet of the apes i think we're we're close to there yeah for me right now my nearest picks are escape and conquest with escape being above and conquest being below escape just got placed at six. Oh shit fuck maybe rise can go here okay i agree because i do think that like as much as i just hyped it up a little bit over escape like rise is definitely the weakest of the new trilogy and it's not that good but like it's okay mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely the most like disjointed where it feels almost like two different movies um and i think they are trying to cover a lot of ground with caesar as a character all in like one movie but I mean, like, ha like I remember when the sequels were being made and like normies were like, where the fuck's James Franco's character in like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? I'm like, what do you mean? He disappears after like the, f the second act of the first movie anyway. 
Like, I don't know what you're expecting here. Where's uh, Where's Draco Malfoy is what I want to know. <laughs> I like the introduction not only to Caesar, but like Maurice and the other like supporting apes in this movie too. Yeah, you get Koba as well. He's set up in here. It's like, dang, they really like... They did this well. Like, there's a lot of little stuff. Like, as a movie, it's like, yeah, fine. It's like kind of a standard, like, sci-fi setup, like Josh was saying. But as the trilogy goes on, you're really like, wow, they really did, like, lay the groundwork for all this shit. Also, David Ayelowo's in this movie, which is weird. Oh, yeah, he is. Every time I see it, I'm like, aren't you a better actor than this? Shouldn't you be in something better than Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Whatever happened to David Ayelowo? He did Selma... Should have won Best Actor, didn't, and then he started doing a bunch of nothing movies, like that Gringo's one. It looks like in 2020, he was in a sequel to The Water Boy called The Water Man. I don't think that's a sequel to Water Boy. Me neither. <laughs> Things are not too gritty here as we're approaching the top four. Josh, what do you think? The audience should know that this episode is entirely just to finally get Josh to watch the Planet of the Apes trilogy after how much he said he loved the original and the sci-fi list. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what do you think number four should be? Um, We just placed uh, Rise, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Rise has been placed. I think this is where Conquest goes. I don't agree. Yeah, that sounds good. It, to me, it was uh, uh, the better, like, I guess comparing the two is the better, like, Caesar movie for me, so I'm glad it got higher than Rise. And the climax with uh, all the apes, like, uh, escaping and stuff, uh, the amount of, like, costumes and makeup they had to put on all those actors is really impressive. Isn't it funny that this movie had the same budget as Battle for the Planet of the Apes? <laughs> Wild. Because <laughs> they used the budget so much better in Conquest. I like Ricardo Montalban in this. He's pretty good. Yeah, Roddy McDowell's really, really strong as Caesar. You can tell that there was, like, there was a lot of care for this movie in particular in terms of, like, I don't think the action's, like, great, but by 1970 standards, it's it's good enough. And, like, they do a good job of setting up Caesar in one movie and then having all of the apes retaliate in one movie. Definitely better than they do in Rise. I, I agree. I think, like, I, I agree. I think, like... It's it's handled pretty well. This is definitely the best sequel out of the the original like five movies to the original movie, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. It has a little bit of like theming and stuff. It's not too heavy handed, but it embraces itself, I think, the most. Uh, it's a little over ex expositional at the beginning, but it's a lot of fun. I think it's the best watch out of the out of the sequels to the original. It oddly feels the most 70s, too. Like this feels very much in line with like the King Kong remake from the 70s as well in terms of just like the look of it like the lighting and the the costumes and everything yeah it's weird how uh consistently they made at the box office these movies it uh like every year like damn the same group of people just went to see them every year <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of what happened with, like, The Matrix? Except The Matrix movies, I think, made progressively less money with each sequel. I think these just continued to to break even or better. The biggest bomb out of all of them was the battle for the Planet of the Apes, and even then it, like, tripled its profit. I had kind of a boomer moment with my grandparents and my uncle over the, at their house over this week. Uh, I was over there, and my uncle loves the John Wick movies, so I bought the third one for him because he really wanted to see it. And I asked him if he saw it, and uh, we started talking about him, He's like, when's the fourth one coming out? I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I think at one point it was supposed to come out the same day as The Matrix 4. And like my grandparents were also there. And like everybody.
everybody in the room besides me was like, yo, Matrix 4? <laughs> I was like, I, I guess you kind of had to be there. <laughs> <Sheesh>. <laughs> I guess realistically, I only know one person our age that really likes the Matrix. I really do think you had to be there. I don't want to bet, like, this isn't the episode to talk about how much I don't really like the Matrix, but I don't really like the Matrix. <laughs> no, this is fine. Yeah. I, I want you to go to that same group of family, Jory, and ask them how excited they are for Avatar 2. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know what they'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be better than, oh, a Matrix 4. <laughs> You weren't there. They were kind of hype about it. They were like, yo, when the, when's that coming out? And I was like, I don't know, like 2022? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this September on uh, HBO Max. Yeah, that's what they're saying, but I fully expect it to get delayed. <laughs> How do we not have a trailer for that yet? They were supposed to put like some footage or something on that whole like HBO Max, like shown at home, like teaser that they did, but they kind of just showed the logo. Yeah, it was very awkward. Yeah, they pulled a Metroid Prime 4 on us. <laughs> they sure did. But uh, what else was I going to say? I know my uncle was in prison in 2008, so he's not going to really care about Avatar 2. <laughs> Based. Yeah. But we'll see how my what my grandparents think. You should take him to Pandora. What if I could? <laughs> Alden's going to Pandora soon. <laughs> yeah. In eight days? Uh, yeah, I guess. Damn. You guys are living La Vida Loca. Welcome to Pandora. <laughs> the dragon, I will be your guide. The lore for that park is intense. You were telling me about this the other night, Josh. <laughs> the lore for Pandora Land is insane. I didn't notice it when I like physically went there, but then after I like thought about it, I'm like, damn, they really just made like Pandora like a tourism track attraction, and then they learned I learned it was canon. I'm like, it's canon. So after the events of the first Avatar, like Disney or somebody just came in and was like. Yeah, we're just gonna like, uh, <laughs> we're just gonna colonize all this, and there's no like Navi to be found. The only time you see him is like if you go in the restaurant, there's like pictures of like the restaurant managers hanging out with like the Navi people. It's, it's so weird. Sheesh. That would be hilarious. It's like turning a native reservation into a, like a casino. It'd be hilarious if in Avatar 2, like they go to the Animal Kingdom Pandora and like blow it up. <laughs> if you go up to an employee with the DVD of Avatar, they go, oh, the documentary? Based. I'll definitely watch out for that. So we are already into the top three, which kind of blows my mind. This is one of our quickest moving lists ever. Yeah. Alden. What do you think the weakest of the three movies that are left is? We've got Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, and uh, Charlton Heston's Planet of the Apes. <laughs> uh, I don't know how, like, this is going to go, but I kind of want to put the original at three. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd at least get that from Josh. I don't know about the other two. <laughs> Try again. I could see an argument being made, but... I'm not gonna fight hard. I'd want to hear why. I'd want to hear why. I, I want to say it's because I haven't seen it in a while. Like, I was easily still in middle school the last time I watched it. At least Dawn, for me, is pretty fresh. And I know that the... Just both of them are great. I, I don't... These aren't hard set for me. I feel like if I watched all of these back to back or like uh, three days in a row or something, the order might change. I, hi I hold the rest 
pretty much on the same pedestal so yeah i I see that i i can't make a huge argument for dropping it here it's just what i have here i feel that i think uh for me personally i just think the planet of the apes was too influential to really not make it at least top two for me personally yeah um just because it was a science fiction property that was like this good right away it spawned a studio deal with four sequels like the year after and the next which is insane and it's already had two remakes came out the same year as 2001 a space odyssey like this was kind of like the birth of science fiction and film or at least like the golden age of it i mean granted you have things like metropolis and these like german impressionistic films from the 30s that have sci-fi elements but in terms of like wasn't the film written by one of the twilight zone creators yeah rod sterling was the writer and you can kind of tell like especially with the giant twist at the end this feels like a twilight zone movie uh like a full app like a episode stretched out to a movie and i think that there are some things that are kind of like lost to modern audiences like i think people would find the pacing of this movie kind of frustrating because the first like 45 minutes is so slow but what i think is brilliant about that is once you see the apes which mind you are in the title so i guess it's not that big of a surprise but once you see this planet full of apes, the plot picks up and it's pretty rapid fire after that. Like Charlton Heston gets enslaved and then he can't talk. And like the rest of the beats through the movie, like they go pretty quick. Um, the movie really picks up in the second act. And by the end, it's it's all like one fluid motion. I think its pacing is actually extremely good by today's standards it's just not what i think people expect when they hear a movie that sounds so campy in the title yeah i personally think dawn should go here i'm cool with dawn going here i agree for me this fight kind of comes down to dawn versus war because like i think they're both the like they're the two most similar movies out of everything on this entire list um in my opinion and i think war just goes a little bit further in terms of like emotional uh, motivation but also in terms of like it shows like the negatives and like you understand the characters motivations behind everything better in war than you do dawn for me dawn things are a little like a little i just think things are a little muddy because you've got caesar and what he's trying to do but then you also have uh kuba or kuda or whatever who's like also trying to start a resistance and then you've got like what's left of the humans and it's just it's too like There's a lot of things going on in it that just kind of make it feel like this is just an action movie, whereas War for me felt very, like, emotionally impactful. And, like, when a character passes in that movie, it's like, yo. Yo, why Dawn of the Planet of the Apes got the same plot as Revenge of the Sith? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really appreciate Gordon in... Don. Oh, uh, Gary. I Gary Oldman. Yeah, I was gonna say of the human characters. I think Jason Clark's character is actually really good. I think he's kind of like. Yeah, I agree. I think for him being the character, you kind of see the apes from. He's kind of like the audience's view into it. I like how they kind of play with like the morality of pretty much every main character in this movie, except Gary Oldman. He's kind of the most like cliche villain of the of the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Think. Gary Oldman's like the worst character and like when he uh blows up the building it's it's kind of a bro moment because nothing like like it sounded like we're gonna when he's like we're gonna take out the whole tower like a quarter of the tower like explodes I was like okay I think my biggest problem with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the fact that Gary Oldman's iPad charged that fast (laughs) but otherwise 
I really like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, it sounds like I might be alone here, but for me, it's kind of the opposite take where War for the Planet of the Apes doesn't really work that well for me. And it, like in the minutia, but Dawn really does. Like War on paper does a lot more. And like, I certainly appreciate it for that. It's also up here for me. I don't know. I just think Dawn makes the stakes like a little bit more personal and which makes it a little more interesting for me. I, I just don't know if you could get any more personal than the scene with Caesar and uh, Woody Harrelson's character where they both talked about their sacrifices and what they lost. And uh, it definitely paints like a really good... Uh, rivalry for the rest of that movie yeah but then it's a rivalry for me i think it's more interesting in dawn of the planet of the apes where you have caesar and uh jason clark's character who are both trying to like find some compromise and find a way for everybody to live together but on both sides you still have the gary oldman character who is one-dimensional but you also have koba as like a not a foil to that but a parallel where he's coming from the ape side and saying, like, no, like, look at what the humans have done to us. We can't make peace with them. And Gary Oldman is largely coming from the same place. I don't know. I just think that that's personally a little more interesting. Yeah, I like Monkey Scar. I like I like Steve Zahn a lot as Bad Ape in uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. I think, like, he's, like, much needed, like, comedic relief. And, like, surprisingly for, like, he's kind of known for being a comedic actor. He play like, he plays into the motion capture just as well as Andy Serkis does. Like, it, kind of a very impressive performance, no cap. Bro, if you guys were on that daddy daycare wave, you would have seen that shit coming. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I feel like the, the opening scene of War for the Planet of the Apes is just so awesome, where, like, I guess where, like, I kind of relate is, like, by the time we get to War of the Planet of the Apes, I'm kind of in the same position where, like, the apes have the planet at this point. Like, the humans that are there are like like the last humans and they're fighting off like this army of monkeys that is just unstoppable and that's kind of like like dawn to me just feels a little awkwardly placed in terms of like how far into the ape apocalypse we are whereas like war i'm like there's a few humans left dawn it's like there's a lot of humans left but mostly not mostly they're dead or they have a disease and it's just like, I don't know. I, I think you could go from Rise of the Planet of the Apes right into War of the Planet of the Apes and be just fine in terms of timeline. I think Dawn has really cool action scenes. It's probably the best, like, it's the best blockbuster of the three for sure. But War for me is like, it's an emotional app. Like, this is my Logan. I don't know. If you skip from Rise to War, you're also missing out on, like, seeing what kind of leader Caesar is and what he's sacrificed to get to the point that they're at in War. Yeah, that's true. War uh, War might be my avatar. The CGI in that movie? I agree. I think the... I, I think both... I think, honestly, the whole trilogies, the visual effects are fantastic, but... Um, I think War for the Planet of the Apes in terms of 2010s, like, motion capture technology and visual effects. Rise be kind of looking like the high on Paul in at the end of a Jimmy Neutron episode. (laughs) 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 We make fun of it, but Rise was still impressive when it came out, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, the movie's 10 years old, so I kind of figured it was going to age a l- at least a little bit. War for the Planet of the Apes in 10 years is going to age a whole lot better than Rise did in its 10 years. I think I agree. They definitely had better technology. The comparison between End Dawn and War, I'm pretty sure both of those movies, you have those, like, uh, the shots of, like, Caesar's eyes. Like, in Dawn, I know, like, it bookends the movie, like, it opens close up on him. And I'm pretty sure they do it in War too. and it's interesting to, like, look at, like how much they improved in such a short amount of time between those two movies the opening scene of war too where it's like that like night attack and you see like caesar lose his family like that shit's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it starts out so dark i think honestly you don't get that emotional payoff if it weren't for dawn because you see caesar become a father um but damn the emotional impact and the way that that hits in like the first 15 minutes of the movie is like what am i gonna watch for the next two hours like it really is like an epic and after they escape from the prison and it's just like kind of like a road trip movie with caesar and and like the gang of apes from the original movie it's like this is like i don't know i just feel like it's it's more mature than i was expecting for this blockbuster planet of the apes trilogy I feel that way about all three of these movies. <laughs> That's fair. Broke Avengers Endgame, woke War for the Planet of the Apes. Get the fuck out of here with Tony Stark's death scene. How about Caesar's death scene? Yeah, like it explores like a lot of like deep themes, like you mentioned with the uh, the prison, and then like like I mentioned before with Caesar and uh, Woody Harrelson's character. Um, I don't know. This was the first one for me, as like I just went through the whole trilogy the past twenty four hours, but. Like, Don's a good movie, like, don't get me wrong, but then, like, I'm getting into war and I'm like, okay, this is, like, Planet of the Apes. All right, well, let's all just say what we have at number three, and then maybe we'll come to a popular vote. I have Dawn of the Planet of the Apes here. I have. I also have Dawn. I have War here. I have the original. Never mind. Okay, you guys can put Dawn here. <laughs> okay, I guess we didn't come to- Yeah, y'all have a majority. <laughs> No, I'm also going to change it to Dawn if the other option is the original. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess it's coming down to war versus the original. (laughs) How do we fight this? I feel like these, honestly, these might be the two two most radically different movies on the entire list. Yeah. There's also, like, some similarities where, um... True. In the original Planet of the Apes, the humans are in prison, and then in War, the the apes are in prison, so they both kind of got a kind of a similar second act going. Um... The uh, the scene with uh, Charles Heston's character and the the monkey uh, Doctor Zeus and where they're talking about like the history of mankind and that um, you kind of see those two characters not have a rivalry as much as Caesar and um, Woody Harrelson's character, but still it's two characters on completely different ends of the uh, spectrum when it comes to their takes on humanity. Mm-hmm. I think what works so well for me in war of the planet of the apes is the main character in caesar it's like at this point we've we've seen him go from a literal like baby in the first rise of the planet of the apes to like him becoming a leader of a resistance and a rebellion to becoming a father to then becoming a prisoner of war and escaping and triumphing over that to then being like an adopted father like like raising nova or whatever her name is little like that mute girl yeah it's like all all of that is like really great and what i love about planet of the apes is not its characters it's all its its premise and kind of like its messaging 
And I think that might be just more being a product of its time where like the only character you can kind of like ground yourself to is Charlton Heston's character. But then at the beginning of the movie, he's kind of like a dickhead to the other people he's on the ship with. It's like he's just like an elitist prick. And it's like, okay, so Charlton Heston's playing himself in this movie and he lands on this planet full of monkeys and like he gets treated poorly. And this like says a lot about our society. It's kind of great. I kind of like that the character is very, like, elitist because he's so, like, uh, confident in uh, what humans were in that. Like, when he finds the doll and how pissed off he gets in that, uh, it's great. Why would an ape make a human doll that can talk? (laughs) And then he's like, fuck all you monkeys. I'm going riding a horse on a beach. (laughs) But yeah. um, His destiny. I do agree with most of what Nate is saying. Uh, I don't know why I said most. I meant all. (laughs) 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 Much as I don't want to do it to it because it is like a classic and it is what spawns like the rest of these movies and like two reboots and like is a landmark sci-fi movie. I do kind of want to put War above it, even though I had the original above it on my personal list. Yeah, I mean, I also have the original above it on my list, too. Yeah, I feel like its impact can't be understated. I mean, this is truly like the first science fiction franchise. I mean, this was all like nine years before the first Star Wars movie. And I, I mean, I think the original Planet of the Apes has aged quite well like i was saying earlier in terms of like the pacing and whatnot like i think the special effects and shit are awesome for its time i don't know what it would be like to watch this movie for the first time today because this is kind of like a movie i grew up watching and kind of just being told it was great but i wonder if a modern audience would sit through this movie it's only like an hour and 40 minutes opposed to like the almost three hour long epic that is war for the planet of the apes and like what the what the connection would be between the two in terms of like entertainment value because personally war war is surprisingly two hours and 20 minutes it feels way longer than that i noticed every uh every movie in the trilogy gets 10 minutes more in the runtime (laughs) i don't know if that was by design but (laughs) maybe i placed war lower because it was the first movie i ever saw in florida yikes that would be a good reason to lower it yeah it's just personal bias I love the uh, set design of the original because it's so simple in a good way where it kind of gives you like a timeless era. Like it's the future, but not a future where like, it's not like Tomorrowland, right? Where it's like you kind of set a date where this is going to be outdated at some point. Like the plan of the apes future is like, that could be whenever. Yeah, they do that in Conquest for the Battle of the Apes. It takes place in like 1992 and you're like, oh, this is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know the original is pretty smart to do like that and I, I i think it's also cool because like you look at its impact on the science fiction genre like now and like these people left the planet that they returned to and because of like it's kind of like interstellar in a way where like they're up in space for so long that like time passes differently depending on the speed that they're traveling and i think that's really cool like it's a pretty broad like scientific thing that they like added to this fictional story in like the late 60s that like, is still being used today, which is, I think, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure where we're leaning with this one. It sounds like, I don't know, I know how I feel. Going back to war, if we ever rank Andy Serkis movies, this movie would be pretty high up. Yeah, it would be right under the prestige. It really, it really would. I I was just looking at his IMDb and just found out that there's going to be, like, 10, 10 sequels, so that's cool. Supposedly. Those have been, like, rumored for about a decade. Yeah, that's been sitting on IMDb for a while. I really liked him as Haddock in that movie, though. 
probably the best part of that movie. I'd agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Andy Serkis is incredible in this movie, but we were talking about like specific the specific scene, but I, I think Woody Harrelson's also fucking amazing in this movie. Um, I mean, I, I think that this is one of his best like modern performances. I mean, the fact that this came out the same year as Three Billboards outside Epping, Missouri was like tonal whiplash for me because I think that those are two of his... <laughs> 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 yeah, two of his best performances. Damn, he, he shoots himself in both movies. Yeah, he does kill himself the same way in Three Billboards. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. In some type of way. I saw them like two months apart, both in theaters. And I was just like... If Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri was low-key like a shadow prequel to Dawn of the Planet of the Age. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how the like modern or like the new trilogy of planet of the apes movies hold up in like 50 years because like i think they're probably going to hold up a lot better than the original sequels to the planet of the apes yeah i feel like the original sequels are already kind of overlooked like i remember like seeing uh rise of the planet of the apes for the first time like i didn't i hadn't seen any of the original sequels so like the caesar character was like original to me and then it was only later that i found out that they pulled him from like before which made a lot of sense because they were hyping him up and like i feel like i was like caesar seems like a significant name (laughs) like it's a cool uh it's cool that they named the son uh cornelius all right well i'm casting my vote for war of the planet of the apes in second place and planet of the apes to win i agree yeah, fuck it. That's your vote, so i vote for the same thing it might be the normie take but i think it's the best take yeah i mean i feel like there's a lot of people who have probably watched the trilogy as it came out at theaters who have hasn't seen any of the original movies oh Absolutely. definitely yeah so i think it's got its fans on both sides well Josh was the only person who used a veto, and uh, I think I got the list entirely right. So, <laughs> interesting episode today, everybody. Um, I guess I'll read my list first. I have uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes at number nine, number eight, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, number seven, Planet of the Apes, the Tim Burton remake. Then I have Escape from the Planet of the Apes at number six. Number five, I have Rise of the Planet of the Apes, number four, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. At number three, I have Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Number two, War of the Planet of the Apes. And the best Planet of the Apes movie is The Planet of the Apes. All right. Number nine, I have... uh, Shit, what's the preposition for this one? Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes is my number eight. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes is my number seven. Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes is my number six. Rise of the Planet of the Apes is number five. Uh, Escape from the Planet of the Apes is number four. War for the Planet of the Apes is number three. Planet of the Apes 1968 is number two. And the best Planet of the Apes movie, according to me, is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Nice. My number nine is Beneath the Planet of the Apes. My number eight is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. My number seven is uh, Tim Burns' reimagining of Planet of the Apes. My number six is uh, Battle uh, for the Planet of the Apes. Of the Planet of the Apes? Who cares? Number five, Conquest of the Battle of the Apes. Pla- of the Battle of the Apes. Conquest of the Battle of the Apes. Conquest of the Battle of the Beneath <laughs> Escape War. <laughs> number four, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Number three, War of the Planet of the Apes. Number two, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. And number one, the original Planet of the Apes.
Damn, Josh had the hot take list. You had Rise of the Planet of the Apes at number eight? Maybe it's the super in me, but that was wild. I did. That was the coolest list I've ever heard. <laughs> Alden, what's your ranking of these ape movies? Uh, number nine is Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Number eight is Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Seven is 2001, A Space Planet of the Apes. Six is Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Five is Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Four is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Three is Planet of the Apes. Two is Dawn of Planet of the Apes. One is War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, nine, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Eight, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Seven, Planet of the Apes, 2001. Six, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Five, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. 4. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes 3. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes 2. War for the Planet of the Apes and 1. Planet of the Apes D-d-dope. We return to Monkey Josh, I have a question for you seeing as how we did this episode specifically for you to watch the uh, Matt Reeves trilogy even though he only directed two of the movies What excites you about Matt Reeves now helming a Batman trilogy or standalone movie that someone else is going to pick up the pieces of who who knows what's happening here starring andy circus as maybe not a monkey i think it's going to be a really good movie it's interesting because he didn't start the planet of the apes trilogy so let's i'm i'm interested to see how he starts a franchise since it's not something he's really done before the guy directed uh two uh really good movies when it came to their action and stuff and i mean for batman that's going to be perfect um i hope like i hope the villains could be as good as woody harrelson's too uh he managed to have really good antagonists in both of his movies don't worry josh hush is going to be badass yeah hush riddler is going to be awesome i uh i think the thing that's most exciting for me is how like i guess it it's a little weird since he didn't do rise of the planet of the apes but if you replace Caesar with Batman in these movies, we're going to see like three different Batmans or at least three different like phases in his career. And the fact that like this Batman movie is supposed to take place like within the first year of him being Batman, I think we're going to see like a pretty young, like sloppy Batman. And then like whatever that second movie is, is probably going to be like the fan favorite in terms of probably the best action sequences, probably uh, hopefully Batman like it's a protege. I don't know, maybe adopting Robin, having a protege. And then I think we're going to get like a, you know, a slightly older coming of age Logan, old man Logan Batman in the third one. And that really excites me. I want to see like the dynamicness of Batman because I feel like the Dark Knight trilogy is pretty static. I mean, I guess there's a time jump between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, but it barely feels like it. It doesn't feel like it. I hope we get more than one movie. You never know with Warner Brothers. Even if we don't get one movie, they're going to do some other shit with Batman. They're going to make sure that there are three Batman movies in theaters every year for the rest of time. And they're always going to be in a different continuity. <laughs> Pretty soon we'll be having uh, like child actors from Stranger Things playing Joker. It's coming. Are people talking about like, that? No, but I mean, if they're going to keep making Batman movies, they're going to keep recasting Joker. That's true. Finn Wolfhard does look kind of weird. I could buy him as like a clown. Finn Wolfhard could be a young Joaquin Phoenix Joker. He really could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Batman, I finally finished uh, the Telltale series of Batman. I thought it was really good. Made me sad at the end. Yeah. 
uh, the ending of season two is a little bittersweet. Couldn't lie to John. You'll remember that forever. I've, uh, I don't think I've ever played the Telltale Batman games. They are quite good. The first one is just all right, but the second one, like, is surprising. I really like the Wolf Among Us. <laughs> Among Us. Wolf Among Us. Furry Among Us. Yeah, I like that one, too. I think my favorite of theirs is always going to be the first Walking Dead one, though. I guess uh, another another comment question of the day. Where do you take the Planet of the Apes now? They, they did hint at the astronauts and Rise, didn't they? But I think that was just a nod. I think it was, too. And if it wasn't, it was kind of just meant to like be like, all right, now watch the first Planet of the Apes and don't think about it. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what I took the ending of, is, like, they finally, like, come full circle, and now the Planet of the Apes is, like, they're, they're, they, th- this is set up so that way that can be the continuity. It's, like, these are the three prequels, and then everything else happens. And then another monkey named Caesar. <laughs> yeah, especially, especially, especially in war when the humans start losing their uh, voice. Now, what if... They just remake Planet of the Apes, but it's not like the Tim Burton one. It's just beef for beef a remake. Would that be good? No. <laughs> who's who's the cast? Um, Jesse Plemons is playing Charlton Heston's character Taylor. <laughs> oh well, then it's gonna be the main, amazing best movie of the year. And he's running the Twilight Zone. Jordan Peele is writing it. Is that Twilight reboot still going? Is it on the CW? CW needs content or whatever. No, it's not. It's on um, CBS All Access, which is now Paramount Plus. The uh, the only thing we watched on Paramount Plus was the SpongeBob movie. Does uh does Jordan Peele have like another movie coming out that's not that uh, Candyman movie that he's not doing? But in terms of him directing one, I I heard something about there being one like next year or the year after. Titled thing on his thing. Oh, Stephen Yuen is supposed to be part of it. I like him. I also like Daniel Kaluuya. Yes, that's what I saw. He was casting... Yo, Kiki Palmer. <laughs> that's the biggest yo of the cast. <laughs> you know who I think would make a good Planet of the Apes remake, I guess, if they had to do it? Who? I think Spike Jones would do it pretty well. Yeah. In terms of handling, like, like a fantasy world or, like, characters and whatnot, he did Where the Wild Things Are, which I think is secret Kino. I think that's super underrated. Mm-hmm. And then he's handled, like, sci-fi themes and premises pretty well for mainstream audiences and her. Like, this that could be a good choice. Yeah. I mean, I'd hate to see it done, but if they're gonna do it... <laughs> just want to see Spike Jones do something else. It can be another, like, bad grandpa movie for all I care. I just want to see. As long as it's not another TED Talk hosted by the Beastie Boys talking about their career, I'm down. Alden? Nate? What's what's your takeaway from our Planet of the Apes episode? It honestly went pretty close to what I expected it to. What's your take on uh, War being number one, Alden? I made this list about 20 minutes before recording. Do you think you would go back on it? Um... On War, probably not, but I most likely would swap the original and Dawn. I think that's the only thing on my list I'd currently change. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Next week, we're doing Robots, uh, a tier list dedicated to TV and movie robots as part of our Science Fiction Month. Stay tuned. It's going to be something special. Stay tuned for Dio to make my list two weeks apart. I'm sorry. I one one robot per franchise, and R2-D2 was the highest Star Wars droid. That's okay. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Duel of the Takes. Next week, we'll be continuing our sci-fi-filled month of May by making a tier list of our favorite TV and movie robots. 
special thanks to Anchor.fm for sponsoring today's episode. And remember, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>